Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of SB Unfurled. And friends, Lil Bon X here with SB Unfurled, episode 44, a very important number in Bonaventure history. Who's who's somebody that wore the number 44 for St. Bonaventure? I, I I can't think of anybody. Well, the handsomest Bonnie of all time, who was in the Riley Center Saturday, David Vanderpool, wore number 44. <laughs> That's true. And uh, Andrew Nicholson comes to mind. Oh, Andrew Nicholson. Oh, yeah. he was some like walk-on from from Toronto or something, right? Yeah, he he ended up he ended up playing a little bit here. I think he he cracked Schmidt's rotation. <laughs> no, we had Drew on by the way um, early, about a couple of years ago. I think now, yeah. If you want to go let's listen, listen back to it, episode fifteen, we had him yeah. on. Drew's a great guy. Yeah, so that was very a very iconic talk. number. He, yeah, he he was over in. It was tough finding a time slot for that. Like, just he was over in I think China at the time. There's a probably twelve hour time difference, but we got into a lot of stuff. His playing days, all the way up to what he's doing now. He's in involved in real estate and um has a lot of a lot of cool interests outside of basketball so that was it was one of my favorite episodes we've done yeah it was awesome even though it's like almost two years old it it holds up it didn't yeah. really apply to like current stuff so you could listen back to it if you we, ever want to we asked yeah, him but... if he asks if he wa- we asked him if he watches any of the current games and he just he was like no i can't the, the time difference is too weird and i have too much going on so um but he he's gotten back a couple times since uh, when you're a pro basketball when you're a pro basketball player like him you can't uh yeah. wake up at 5 a.m to watch the world cup games like we have to in the next couple weeks yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got to actually sleep yeah yes he's but a yeah. busy man <laughs> Yeah, but we, um, since we last talked, we have some actual answers about this Bonnie's team because the last time you and I talked, we knew about what guys' resumes were coming in, but we had never seen these guys together. And it's been, it's, it's been an experience. It's been up and down. I, I'm still co- recovering from the Canisius loss, <laughs> but I, I think there are some signs that this team is growing. I guess um, just broadly, what do you think of overall the first four games? This is kind of what we thought it would be coming into the season. A lot of high highs, a lot of low lows. Um, I think overall there's some bright spots that I didn't expect. Um, the only game of the four so far that I really left with a bad taste in my mouth from how we played was Canisius. Uh, we lost at South Dakota State, but I thought we brought a lot of energy on a quick turnaround, a tough game out there, um, tough traveling. Uh, it was, you know, the the whistle, as a lot of people said, <laughs> not in our favor at all. So I left that game feeling good. Jan Farrell had a had a really good game in, in that one. Um, Canisius was the only one I was like, man, that – that didn't look good, and I I thought we were playing too much iso ball in the half court. I thought we were taking pretty bad shots, but um, overall, I you know I look forward to watching this team, and that's all you can really ask for. I think they're they were definitely exciting on Saturday. Um, it's it's cool watching the freshmen start to develop and see how they play. Um, so I, I think if this takes a normal schmidt trajectory by you know late january early february um this could be a a dangerous team i think especially if rumple can get back and get into the rotation and provide some depth in the backcourt i agree with that i have to keep telling myself not to take that canisius loss with too much because um 
I forgot who said it last weekend or the weekend before when we lost. We've only won once at Canisius since 2000, which I, I think thought was... we've we've lost six of our last eight against them. Is it is it twice? Yeah, Adams Jalen Adams beat them twice, 16 and 18, I believe. We beat Canisius twice in in Kessler, and then also in Buffalo. Oh no, we lost in Buffalo to them, but yeah, we've beat them two out of our twice last since eight. 2000. Two out of our last eight in Kessler. Yeah. That's that's still ridiculous, and yep. that's that's a larger conversation to have about whether or not we should even be going there because it's just we have nothing to gain, and if Syracuse isn't going to play at us, why should we play there? And that's a whole political thing that we don't need to get into, but I I think we are starting to see Kyrell Luke and Daryl Banks III really emerge as leaders on this team just based on you know what Schmidt is entrusting with them how they're actually performing. I mean, Banks had 34, I believe, against Bowling Green. Yep. And it was an efficient 34. It wasn't like mm-hmm. the, the numbers he put up against Canisius, which was a, a, a good stat line, but it was still not necessarily efficient. Yeah. I I, I see. It, it, it seems like those two are going to be very key parts of this. And we kind of expected that, especially with Banks, because of, you know, his resume, especially what he did against Kentucky. But... Like it, it just seems like those two are going to be the focal points, and whoever trickles in behind them, whether it's Barry Evans or or Farrell, or if Moses Flowers starts putting together, it seems like those guys are going to be the third piece. But it seems like the main two pieces are going to be Luke and Banks. Yeah, I think it's heavily reliant on the backcourt to really get the offense going. I think Banks had a a great game Saturday. Like you said, if you look at his stat line at Canisius, it looks good, but it took him a a while to get going in that one. Um, But overall, I think those two are a formidable Atlantic 10 backcourt. Um, Luke... Didn't play great against Bowling Green, but he I thought he looked really good against South Dakota State. Um, and, you know, I if he can improve that jumper, too, uh, I think that'll make him all the more dangerous. I wouldn't mind seeing him and uh, Rumple and Banks out there at the same time. If we can, um, you know, by a 10 play, get Rumple back in there. I think that'll be a big lift because these guys as effective as they can be. I think the more the season goes on, if these guys are playing 38, 40 minutes, um, you're going to see some wear and tear. Uh, I thought Banks is perfect for 30 to 32 minutes, um, but he's been counted on to, to do, you know, 40 minute games already. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think I, I like what I see out of them and Farrell looked really, really good against Bowling Green and South Dakota state the last two games. Evans has been super active. So just one through four, I think are very solid. And then Venning's been better than I expected as well. Really good hands. Yeah. Um, nice touch around the rim. Good footwork. Uh, I, th- I think he's been good. So yeah, um, it, it all starts with Luke and that assist to turnover ratio is what I'm monitoring this, this early in the season. It's, it's kind of a, a, a meet the new boss, same as the old boss thing. Here's a stat of the day for you. Banks is number three in the country in minutes, like in terms of percentage of minutes. Yep. He has 96.4% of our minutes played. He's number three. So yeah. that just goes to show yeah. you he's basically, sl- he's not a point guard like Lofton, but he's basically slid into that Lofton role. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about the second half of Bowling Green spe- specifically because I had to listen to that game on the radio, shout out to Gary Nice, but I didn't actually watch it. 
And there was that one stretch in the second half when after we hit, he hit a bunch of threes and we went up by about 19 points, I believe. Yeah. And then Luke, Luke got his third foul and then there was like a double technical. So then he got the fourth foul. And so he had to go on the bench. Mm -hmm. That's when Bowling Green went on like a little mini nine, nothing run didn't end up mattering in the end, but it made it a little closer than it probably should have been. Um, from what you saw, since I didn't actually see it, I just heard Gary talking about it. Wh- what did you see from that stretch when when Banks actually had to take over as, as point guard? Well, the the technical, I didn't necessarily see what actually happened, but I saw everything leading up to it, and it was getting pretty chippy. Um, Farrell and one of their players got a double technical. Farrell um, kind of gave a little elbow to the guy after the play. The refs were just trying to keep the game under control. They were not hesitant to give another double technical when something happened. So that put Luke on the bench, um, and I thought Banks did well uh, handling point guard duties. I would rather have him off the ball, obviously, but um, – you know, Flowers came in, provided some minutes. Uh, he's the, We're still waiting for Flowers to bloom a little bit, I, I feel like. He's the one guy who we're still waiting to get going. So hopefully he can get back to to his ways of last year because he was really good last year. Um, so he came in. He, was, he provided some depth there when Luke had to go out. But, you know, I thought Banks and Evans played really well in that stretch. Uh, you know, Banks was unconscious for a while there hitting pretty much everything, taking transition threes. Um, so I, there, was, there wasn't really a point where I was super nervous about the end of that game. They, we were up 20. They got down to like nine. They started pressing. Um, Evans, for a freshman, looked really comfortable, you know, flashing in, in the, the full court press that Bowling Green was giving to us, getting the ball up the floor. Flowers had a nice transition dunk off of a, a press break. So I thought they handled the pressure fine, and Bowling Green was pressuring us late. I hope you sell that line to either Gary or Brendan McDaniels. Flowers is blooming, by the way. <laughs> and next year we'll have Rose. We'll, next year we'll have Miles, Rose, and Flowers. <laughs> We got to get sealed to perform a halftime then. Yes. Yeah. Kiss from a rose. But um, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned the press for Bowling Green. <laughs> rose with a kiss. Oh, I could hear Bear, I can hear Bill Raftery saying that yep. right now in my head. <laughs> yeah. But you oh, mentioned yeah. the press from uh, Bowling Green, and that reminds me of what I think is the most drastic change from this Bonnie's team as opposed to last year's team is the press. I feel like we've been putting on a little bit more of a press than we have in years past. Have you, have you been seeing that? Yeah, especially after free throws, we'll get into a uh, like a three quarter court, or sometimes even it looks like a full court. I think it's a one two two um, or a two two one, and then back into a zone at times. Um, sometimes it's I think it's back into man, but yeah, we've it's usually after free throws. I feel like we're showing a little press. I'm I like it. I think Luke is a guy that can press for you know significant stretches he's just so much energy really really quick hands good on ball defender he just never seems to get tired he seems like a perfect point guard to be able to do that uh if we choose to do that so i like switching it up like that um i'm not sure with like next to no depth in the backcourt how much we'll be able to press um you don't want guys getting super exhausted on the offensive end late in games um especially you know it seems like we're kind of struggling at the free throw line. You don't want fatigue to, to um, 
take over at the line either. But yeah, I, I think when we pick our spots, Luke has been really, really good in the in the press. Yeah, I mean, I've seen little bits of it, and it will depend on our rotation on a particular night because there were some games where we didn't have Flowers early on. We still don't have Rumple, and those two being on the bench to help out Luke and Banks will obviously help out actually running a press because they can, you know, substitute in and out inside of timeouts and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Evans does a great job staying in passing lanes. Like he is so active on both ends. He's all over the offensive glass, keeping possessions alive on defense. You know, he's, he's taking risks, which sometimes might work out in our favor. Sometimes they might not. And Schmidt will get, you know, he, he won't like that if Evans is cheating and trying to, you know, take too big of a risk, but he's picked his spots really nice. He seems to always be, you know, nose on the ball, um, always in good position, just plays really high energy. And yeah, he's, he's one of the ones that I'm super excited to watch. Definitely. So since you had a little more, I guess I don't want to say experience, but you had a little more knowledge coming into the season than I did from, from just being an ins- a little bit more of an insider than me about, about this team is there anybody that you're surprised hasn't taken as big of a step that you expected? Like, is somebody like I don't want to say has underperformed, but just like have you have you have you been surprised by somebody not doing as well as you expected? Only really flowers right now. Um, he wasn't someone who was mentioned in the secret scrimmage as you know standing out, uh, and then. He missed what? What did he miss? One game, I think, um, or two, maybe two. two, two games. I he had a concussion played, in practice. Yeah, so. I don't think he played against Canisius, did he? Okay, but he played in the exhibition. Didn't look mm-hmm. great in the exhibition. I think he was like one of eight. It seems like Schmidt's really riding him hard right now. He was named a team captain. Um, he did in at, actually. He did play against Canisius. He played against Canisius. Yeah. yeah uh, what did I say? That. I said. No, I thought he didn't. I had to oh. correct myself. Yeah, he's been in uh, the last three games. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he had great numbers last year. I haven't seen him, you know, have an offensive game like I was hoping yet, but he is still super athletic and a guy that I think is going to find his way into the rotation just based on our need for depth and his defense and athleticism. Um, so we'll see if he can keep Schmidt's trust if I mean, Schmidt doesn't have many options in the backcourt. I, we're not going to really see Evans playing the two. Um, Justin Enjak to Jory did for a couple minutes at one point, but he has left the team, so he won't be playing for us, obviously. Um, but, yeah, the only one I would say to answer your question really right now is Flowers. Everyone else has been about what I've expected or better. Yeah, I I, I was hoping for a little more out of Flowers. Um, I didn't know as much, of course. Um, I was – pretty much surprised by pretty much everybody else, especially um, Venning. I really mm-hmm. like what Chad Venning brings. I It seems yeah. like I'm looking at just this right now. I'm looking at the box score from the Bowling Green game, but I was also looking back on the other ones and it seems like the trend is that Banks, Evans and Luke will play just about 35 minutes a night mm-hmm. and Venning played 31 against Bowling Green. So it seems like he's almost trending in that same direction because his minutes keep going up and up. So Schmidt is clearly trusting him more because he's been able to step up. What do you, what have you enjoyed the most about Venning's game so far? Well, Schmidt said, this is going to be a five man by committee. Whoever is playing 
the best that game is going to see more of the minutes. Um, and that's mainly been Malouk and Venning. Amadison hasn't really done too much yet. He stepped in for 10 minutes. There's going to be times where he is counted on just because of foul trouble. Uh, but Venning has really been, I think, maybe the one of the biggest bright spots, if not the biggest bright spot of the season. Um, you always love seeing good freshmen develop. So I, I would say Jan and Evans as well. But um, Venning has been everything you could ask for. Especially, It's so hard finding a quality big man, especially as late in the recruiting season as we did. Um, because I think the staff had probably planned for Ocean to be back. Um, but when we lost him, I thought maybe Koulibaly would stay, but Koulibaly had already transferred because I think he probably thought Ocean was coming back and he wasn't going to get any minutes. So when it's that late in the recruiting season to be able to find a, a quality big like Venning is really kudos to the staff. I think, you know, he's got a, I, I want to see a, a, a buddy cop com <laughs> or a, a buddy comedy of him moving in with, with Fisk and those two just living. <laughs> it. And he, if he can do what Amadi did with like his body, I think he could be like really, really scary. You know, just he's, he's not going to get pushed around by anyone. Love his toughness. Um, but I didn't expect the touch offensively and, um, you know, the, the good hands, the good footwork. He knows where he is. He's in, he usually is in good position. Um, hasn't set too many illegal screens yet either, which is always <laughs> what you want when you're uh, watching Bonna big men. Um, but yeah, I think, I think him and Malouk have been serviceable to say the least. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see more with Malouk too. I feel like he's been able to, um, he's a little shorter, so he's not going to be as much of a, a typical Oshun big man down low, but he's been able to add some more, um, some dynamic, um, just he's been able, he's been able to offer a little more off the bench, I think, and yeah. I think even though Venning's taking off, I hope Maluk still finds his role on the team because I don't think anybody, I don't think this team can be Iron Man five like the ones before. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um, there is a role for Maluk too. I, I, I was impressed with him. There was one the uh, one sequence in the first half of the Bowling Green game where he unfortunately missed an easy dunk. And that's mm-hmm. the type of play where a freshman could get really down on themselves and, you know, kind of be out of the game for a couple of minutes. But then he got another opportunity, I think, within 90 seconds and was able to, you know, slam it right home right away. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I like to see with somebody bouncing back and, and just responding that way. And Malouk, really, he should probably be a four. Um offensively he can he can step out and take threes he hasn't taken too many this year but he does look pretty comfortable shooting it from deep he really should be a four and it's offensively i guess he could be a five defensively he really shouldn't be guarding a 10 big men no um but i i would agree i like seeing him in the pick and roll I, i wish we could do that a little more um if he can catch the ball and get his feet you know, planted. He, he has hops and he has massive hands, super athletic. Um, I like watching him finish in the lane. He's been pretty good um, in the pick and roll against Bowling Green. He was, he was really good as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think him and Hill have really long athleticism, but it's tough for them to guard uh, a 10 fives. I would say they're, 
they're pretty slender. So um, it's it's a good mix to have Venning to be able to come in and kind of offset if the other team has a really big body five. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into this week's games because it's a big feast week. World Cup starting. Uh, we've had already some tournaments. UMass, our good friends there, won the Myrtle Beach invite. I I think uh, it wasn't Davidson down in Charleston too, mm-hmm. where we were. Like it's it's starting to heat up, so we we get some two games. And I didn't think we were going to actually need to dissect this game, but I think we need to address the Southern Indiana problem in the room because. <laughs> I didn't even know that I didn't even realize this team existed a year ago, but they've right, just moved yeah. up from division one yep. and you got to give them credit. They have done very well. So Southern Indiana, brand new team, the D one this year, they are two and two. They beat a non D one school Loris. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lorax or whatever. No idea. They're not, <laughs> they're not D one. Um, they crushed Southern Illinois at home. And Southern Illinois is, you know, I don't know them specifically this year. They're 237 in Kempom, so they're not like the worst team in the in, the, in D1. But oh, they're uh, they're 95 in Kempom. Oh, I'm looking at Southern Indiana. Yeah, you're right. They're 95. I'm sorry. So they beat yeah, they beat a top 100 team at home. They're pretty good. Yeah. They're, I'm they're sorry. Solid. I was looking at the wrong number. Yeah. So they beat a top 100 team at home, and then they lost to Missouri by six on the road. Missouri's 48. And then Notre Dame, who, by the way, we'll get to in a little bit. Notre Dame, they lost to by 12 at home or on the road as well. So this is a team that has a pulse. Like this is not going to be your typical walk walk through the, you know, just just a typical like, oh, D, D2 team coming up. Oh, we'll get an easy win here before we go play Notre Dame. Like this is going to be a, a tricky game, it looks like. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we'll win, but... Yeah, I think I think we gotta be careful. What have you what have you thought about when you look at Southern Indiana? When I heard they were coming into D one, I remember talking about um how they're they're a really good pro they're like one of the best programs for the last ten years in the division they were in. Um I knew they were a good program. I knew that they would not just come in and be a pushover. Um and they've jumped like I want to say 60 spots in Ken Palm since the season began. They played, like you said, played Missouri tough, only lost to Notre Dame by 12, beat a good Southern Illinois team. So the, the headlines are going to be Bonas playing a team that's D, you know, their first year in D one, how good could they be? They're actually a really solid team. Um, they're in the OVC uh, and you know, they, top 60 in the country in effective field goal percentage. They push the tempo. They're top 40 in tempo. Um, they can shoot it. They're 21st in the country in shooting. They shoot at a almost 42% from deep. And their three-point defense is just as good. They're top 40 in three-point defense. So, yeah, if we roll into here thinking that, oh, this team was just D2 or whatever last year, we're just going to roll them and we're going to think about Notre Dame. Absolutely not. Like This is a team that could come in and give us trouble for sure. It's fascinating to think about because if you see like in football, these teams take the next step up from D1 to FCS or FCS to FBS. There's usually a two or three year waiting period where it can be pretty tricky. But these guys seem like they're pretty much hitting the ground running. I don't know if they're eligible, but they were for the eligible for the NCAA tournament. But they seem like they're um, – it seems like they're they're doing pretty well so far. 
I don't I, think I'm they would be eligible up. because I think didn't Lindenwood last year win? No, conference? Bellarmine. It was Bellarmine. Oh, Bellarmine got screwed. They got hosed. I don't get why that's a whole oh, yeah. thing. Like transition. Like yeah. if anything, should you get like if you're a 14 seed, shouldn't you be given a 12 seed? <laughs> if you mm-hmm. went from D two to D one immediately, yeah. like like <laughs> yeah. shouldn't you get extra bonus points for basically yeah. taking a D two team you and should, making the tournament? You should get. But it like, looks <laughs> next year as well. You get at large automatically <laughs> or something like that. But it seems like um, they get one guy, Isaiah Swope, who's a pretty good point guard for them. He's uh, he's you know it looks like he's been mm-hmm. doing pretty well in terms of um, he. He's a really good facilitator, got some good assist stats, um, also good on defense and stealing. Unfortunately, I'm only looking at stats because, you know, we can't watch Southern Illinois or Southern Indiana and Southern <laughs> Illinois basketball. But I I think this is a good challenge for us. They are definitely a step up from Bowling Green. And I think it's I think it'll be an interesting game with how we match up with their guards because they also have another guy, Tyler Henry. Jelani Simmons is a is a small forward, but he also can play the two. So it seems like this one's going to be one in in the backcourt. Yeah, and do you, do you know if students are going to be there for like I'm worried that it's going to be a dead Riley Center. It's going to be you know no energy and the the because this team likes feeding off the crowd. You can yeah. tell guys like Evans and Banks they get the crowd up. They're feeding off the energy. I'm worried you know a Tuesday night. Uh, I don't know. I have to remember coming, back. So. It's been a it's been a minute since both of our Bonnet days, but I feel like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving is the day you move back. So I oh. it, it could there could be some people still hanging out, like oh I'll spend the night here and then go back home first thing Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be some students. I, it obviously won't be the same as as Saturday. Right. Yeah. I. I... I thought the crowds have been okay. I think the the student sections have been pretty good. Um, but, you know, the Reds have been a little scarce. I feel like Bowling Green was probably our best crowd. Randomly, all these guys are back, like Vanderpool, Woj, <laughs> back, all these, like even Steve Watson, our old AD, was the AD at Loyola Chicago, just randomly right? in the Riley Center. It's like I didn't not, know he was there, actually. Not at Loyola's huh. game, but at the Bonnet game. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty – decent crowd for a Saturday matinee, I would say. Super Bowl, please, and step on it. Hey, wait up. Ah, crap, it's that pipsqueak, Rudy. What is it, Rudy? Can I come too? Forget it, kid. You're too small to go to the Super Bowl. But what I lack in size, I make up for in... Obnoxiousness! So let's get into the other game that we're playing this week. We have two games this week, two very big games. And on Friday, we are playing a very historic power. This team, their fan base thinks they're just the, they think that they are entitled to every championship ever. (laughs) They are a glorious program in their eyes. They can do no wrong. Of course, I'm talking about England's national soccer team playing the u.s on friday (laughs) but it does also apply to notre dame maybe more to their football team but (laughs) i I still gotta figure out what i'm doing by the way about that game i'm debating on whether or not i should go because u.s england's at two bonnie's notre dame is at four and Mm -hmm. i mean if it's available to watch right outside the arena then it's perfect 
But the problem is that the arena is at the Islanders arena. So yeah. it's not like the Barclays Center where, oh, you could go anywhere right outside and watch the game. Whereas if I'm stuck in the arena and the game's not on, what am I going to do? Watch it on my phone like an idiot? So I'm gonna try to find. Uh, I'm going to see how many bars are around that. What, there's what none. It? I've, I've looked. UBS Arena? UBS, UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Like Belmont Park, like the, the horse racing track. It's right there. Oh, okay. um, there aren't there's, many. Um, really? I'm trying to figure that out, whether or not I go is, is, is independent of what we're thinking. This Notre Dame team, though, is they were really good last year. They made the Sweet 16, but it seems like they haven't had the smoothest start to the season. Speaking of Southern Indiana, they they beat them by 12, which is not bad. But also, it's Southern Indiana. You would think Notre Dame would crush them. And then their other results are they beat Radford by 3, Youngstown State by 7, and Lipscomb on this past Friday by 1. That's not a that's not a that's not a resume of a team that's a Sweet Sixteen team. No, and they started out I think top forty Ken Palm or maybe forty one, and they are four and zero, but they've dropped like twenty five spots since the start of the year because they're not playing as well as you know people thought they would. They I watched the last I probably 10, 15 minutes of that Lipscomb game. Barely, barely hung on to beat Lipscomb, who is not a great team. Um, like you said, Southern Indiana, we're playing them. It'll be a, a good measuring stick going into Notre Dame to see how we do um, compared to their 12-point spread. But Youngstown State, not a good team. Radford, very, very bad this year, and they only beat them by yeah. three. So they definitely have problems on the defensive side of the ball. Notre Dame's really, really good offensively, one of the best offensive teams in the country, bad at rebounding. They don't turn you over at all, so that has been an issue. We had a lot of turnovers at South Dakota State. We're not taking care of the ball super great, so that is going to be good. Notre Dame does not turn you over, not good defensively. Um, it's just if they catch fire – they have three, four really, really good players. Um, and they're one of the oldest teams. If not, are they the oldest team in the? No, fourth. Fourth they're oldest fourth. team. Yeah. They have like, I want to say six of their 12 players are graduate students. Um, it's crazy. They have one of the oldest teams, very experienced. Um, the core of those guys were there last year in Mike Bray's system. Um, they're, they're a good team. That you know they have had a rocky start, but they have found ways to win because they do have that experience and good coaching, and they they've done this a lot. You know, our guys are. I feel like down the stretch, we're still kind of like learning how to win games and close games out. And Notre Dame already has that figured out. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to defense, like you mentioned with their offense. It's they have a very high powered offense, and three of their four games they scored. 79 points or more, almost 80 points. One game they had 79, the other two they had over 80. So they could put up 80 points easily. And I think we have to rely on our defense to beat them because our defense in the half court has been very good this season. But where it's gotten very iffy is in transition, which could either lead to, you know, Bowling Green had quite a few wide open dunks and layups. And Canisius also was able to get some transition type threes. And that that's where I would be worried about Notre Dame is our defense. And if we were to allow too many points, because I don't, I don't know if our offense could keep up 
with them right now. I think we have some good talented guys on offense, but I don't necessarily know if they're going to be able to keep pace with Notre Dame if Notre Dame has a good night. So Mm -hmm. I think it would be trying to get into what Lipscomb did, which is keep it at a 66-65 type of game. Yeah, and like you said, they score a lot, but they are one of the slowest paced teams in the country they they right. really they don't push it the pace at all they're just really really efficient um like you alluded to so yeah i i think notre dame is you know really capable and i i want to watch that bowling green game because i'm going to learn a lot more about them um i've seen bits and pieces uh this year but i'm not enough to get the full picture i do know um the the three guys that they do have uh nate I think it's Nate Lazuski and then Goodwin and Ryan. Those guys are solid. They've been there. Um, and then they have this Trey Wirtz kid who's playing really, really well this year. So they got four guys who are really solid right now and experienced. So, um, you know, using our energy and disrupting things, uh, you say you're worried about our defense. I would agree, like getting out and contesting three pointers is going to be huge because I think we're doing a good job turning people over, getting into passing lanes. Um, making teams pay when they do turn it over. We're looking really good in transition this year. So, um, yeah, guarding the three, we did it terrible at Canisius, but then we looked really, really good doing it against Bowling Green. So um, that's one thing we'll key in on, I, I think. Guess what team is the new Bonaventure? With the Notre fewest, Dame. <laughs> the few, you didn't even finish it. <laughs> Notre Dame. Guess which team is the Bonaventure team this year, which is the fewest bench minutes. Notre Dame, 9.6% mm-hmm. of their minutes are by the bench. So they are yeah. dead last. So they don't yep. have a bench. So it would have to be getting them in foul trouble, you know, making them feel uncomfortable on defense and, you know, making them force turnovers and things like that. And just getting into their bench would be another big yeah. significant part of getting a victory here. I I, I think it's possible I, I'm not optimistic about it. I wouldn't pick it if you, if you forced me to, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I definitely think it's possible. And Mike Bray has said a Notre Dame's head coach, they've always played seven or eight guys. Like they, he knows they're not deep. The, the depth doesn't really worry him as much as that team playing against big, rugged, athletic front lines. Um, I don't think we have that either. So um, we definitely have, some toughness down there with Venning. Maluk is kind of more of like a, a finesse stretch for, um, you know, you saw Venning do a couple of Euro steps, but Maluk has hmm. more of that European game. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the week, the, the weaknesses that Notre Dame has aren't necessarily ones that you would think that a team like ours could exploit, but um I think we we can try to speed them up and get them really uncomfortable offensively and maybe have some success there. Another guy who's going to have to step up for us is Venning. I feel like Venning is going to Chad Venning's going to have to close down on Nate Lazuski because Nate Lazuski seems like one mm-hmm. of their biggest offensive threats. He's a stretch five. He can jump out and knock down some threes for them. I don't think Venning's really had to guard a stretch five yet this season. So that'll be a big challenge for him. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't know if he can or can't do it. I'm not saying he can't do it, but it's something we haven't seen yet in a Bonaventure uniform. So right. that's going to be another thing to watch. Yeah. Lazuski shot 
45% from three last season, over 50% um, field goals. He's a 6'10", redshirt senior, um, plays a lot. So I, I think that is something that could give us trouble. A, a big 6'10 guy who can shoot from deep is is something we haven't seen this year. You're right. So that's uh, that's really a mismatch that they'll probably try to exploit. Yeah, I would expect that. But if Vennings can, if Venning can uh, keep it up, what he's done already, I think he can uh, step up to the challenge. So the Venning machine, the Venning, the Venning machine. <laughs> we got to start thinking of some nicknames for these guys. Uh, yeah. I, I, like you had you, the Venning machine. You got um, flowers. He's blooming from deep. Like we're gonna have to let them. Or the Banks is open. I can't wait for our yes. first Sunday game. The Banks is open on Sunday. <laughs> Your community bank. What was Community, Community Banks 3.T. With the three as the, the Roman numerals. Yeah, that was good. That was, Roman numeral. Good. The Community Banks IIIT. Yeah. We got Cool Hand Luke, hopefully, if he can if he can um Rumplements. Ice, ice ice games down the stretch. Cool hand Luke. Uh, cool hand Luke. Rumplements when he comes back. Royal Rumple, King of Bing is another Or Royal Rumple, yeah. Royal Rumple. <laughs> Royal Rumble. I was thinking Rumble Mints, but maybe I don't know if he's twenty one yet. So maybe it's maybe it's Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's funny that our two big men have like sur- like California surfer bro names. I wanted to do like a Photoshop of them on surfboards. Chad and Max. It's like oh Chad Chad Venning is definitely a, a Chad a surfer and Max. Bro name. Yeah, it's like <laughs> California surfer dudes. <laughs> definitely. Oh <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys. For joining us here on SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 44. Shout out to Andrew Nicholson. The Drew episode right here on SB Unfurled and Friends. Be sure, if you haven't done it already, follow us on Twitter at SB Unfurled, at Lil Bon X, at me, especially if you want like nonsensical World Cup ramblings for the next month mm-hmm. because that started today because we're recording on Sunday. And hopefully... The U.S. wins. Hopefully the Bonnies win. Hopefully we get four big wins. Two U.S. wins, two Bonaventure wins. It would make a perfect Thanksgiving. I would be very thankful for both of those. Be sure also reach out to either of us if you want to get in on the A10 Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's basically like a smaller version of Twitter. Really cool version of um, A10 Twitter that we got going on there right now. We're trying to build it up in case Elon Musk goes completely off the wall and gets rid of Twitter. So <laughs> it's a really good community. we got great friends there on A10 Twitter, all types of fan bases um, across the A10. I feel like we got at least eight or nine fan bases represented there. We even got some Loyola people in there. Shout out to Loishai, right? <laughs> yeah. Luke. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, I don't even know what the link is off the top of my head. I would just, just reach out to us on Twitter and we can, we can more, we'll be more than happy to invite you in there, but yeah, do all that, and then also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever we are. Look for us. If we're not on your favorite one, let us know. And let's have a happy Thanksgiving with, like I said, four big wins, especially the two for the Bonnies. Let's get an Indiana sweep here. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh